Smartcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by The Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, CEO and founder, and I am honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through paying it forward and giving back. Ethical business owners and holistic healers who are determined to create collective change in the world. Once we have a change in consciousness and through collective change, we can become one. My next guest was another divinely guided connection that I'm honoured to share with you. Reverend Cherie Taylor-Jones has a passion to assist people in questioning their personal beliefs, assessing and analysing if those beliefs are valuable or need to be changed, and giving them permission to release beliefs which no longer serve them and create new, empowering ones. It's in our ability to question our convictions that we are able to create personal transformation, which leads to a collective shift in consciousness. In this interview, Reverend Cherie comes to us from her motorhome in the woods of Oregon, and when I met her online, I knew she was one of my tribe. Our connection and energy was electric. Enjoy this as our energy sparkles. Check her out at www.preachitsister.com. Welcome, Cherie, to The Ethical Evolution. Thank you. It's great to be here. Now, as we uh, connect online uh, recording, uh, you're in uh, Oregon uh, in the US, isn't it? Yeah. That's correct. Um, And uh, you're in your motorhome at the moment. And uh, as we're recording, obviously, there's the the global pandemic um, around uh, COVID-19. But um, can you tell us about who you are and what you do? Sure. I am... A minister. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that at the age of 49, I looked around me and I thought, I'm not doing what I'm I'm supposed to be doing here. Yeah. You know, I'm not living my life purpose. And at that point, at 49, I decided to go back to school. I went into seminary, a three-year program, and thought, what was I thinking? <laughs> and um, I uh, became ordained in New Thought, and I became a pulpit minister, and I realized, hmm, this isn't it either. <laughs> so now what? Um, and I've really been trying to navigate a path of how do I get what I really believe is an important message out into the world, not just in the religious segment, but just in general to everyone. And really my passion is about how do we look at our belief systems Mm. and assess them 
analyze them and really make our own conscious decisions of, does this work for me? Mm. Where did this belief come from? Oh, this one's from my grandmother and she's from the depression. Mm. And so that belief makes sense for her back then, Mm. but it no longer serves me. And now I can create new beliefs. Yeah. So for me, that's the passion of how do we, we go about that in a way that is gentle, loving, and accepting of where we are, where we were, where we are, and where we're going to go in the future. That's it, isn't it? Because, um, you know, a lot of the time, once we reach about our 30s and 40s, we start to realise that a lot of the beliefs and, and um, thought patterns that we've got, it's conditioning from, you know, um, our parents, society, um, our ancestors. Um, and when we can get past that and actually see what's us, that's where true magic happens, I reckon. Absolutely. Yeah. That's where we get to then create the world that we say that we want. Mm. It's from that. Mm. And when we're able to create it on an individual level, then collectively we're able to create a world that represents who are, we truly are. Mm. And that's what's exciting about this work. Yeah. So tell us about um, your mission. So what do you, what do you, how do you help people? My mission is about the evolution of consciousness one act at a time. Ooh. And so how do we do that? You know, so for me, it's to make every interaction that I have with someone as meaningful as I can and allowing that person to be as meaningful or not Mm. as they choose to be. Um, So there's this, there's this level of grace in the interactions of being open, allowing myself to be vulnerable or not, Mm. you know, so it it sounds really very woo-woo-ish for lack of a better (laughs) phrase. (laughs) Um, But what it really is, is what I've been learning as I've stepped out in this way and, and just traveling around the country is that I can understand how people have these different beliefs. Mm. You know, if I was raised in this environment with these particular folks within this culture, I too would think the same way. Yeah. And so in that, there's this level of uh, releasing the judgment, making people wrong, blaming and shaming them to, oh, let's, let's see what this interaction is going to be like. Um, what am I going to learn and experience from this? And, and is it possible for someone to learn and experience something from having an interaction with me as well? Mm. So um, I think I, I read in some of the stuff that you sent me, um, you talked about new thought ministry. Yes. Yeah. So you, do you basically coach people into breaking through those old belief patterns and things like that? That's what I do, yes. Um, The New Thought Movement started around the age of enlightenment when people were starting to kind of question things and beliefs, and it was this this age of, like, women empowerment Mm. and um, science and breaking through religious beliefs. And um, so that's where a lot of the New Thought Movement stem from. Um, And they they saw themselves as metaphysicians, so going beyond Mm. what is the literal and it was just this exciting time of expansiveness Mm. so that's where the new thought ideology comes from 
Um, for me, I first was exposed to it in my early to mid twenties, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a profound game changer. Mm. Um, because you may hear my dogs bark in the background <laughs> because they're guarding the beach. They see the beach is theirs, <laughs> and should any other dog come, we have issues. So You'll I come. apologize for that. <laughs> um, so. It was a game changer for me because I realized all the things that I thought of as a little kid that people were telling me. And I thought, that doesn't sound right. Mm. That kind of sounds bizarre. I don't think that's true. But then, you know, you're conditioned that you you mind what your elders say. Mm. So when I finally got into this new thought community, it was like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I was conditioned to the rules and regs that they were conditioned to. And now I have a choice of Mm. what kind of life do I want to live and how can I impact the world? Mm. Yeah. So just going back to um, the traditional religion kind of stuff that you've gone through, in comparison, Mm -hmm. um, why did you feel it wasn't a great fit for you? I grew up as a Catholic kid. Yeah. You know, I went to Catholic school. I did the confirmation, uh, uh, been beaten up with the Bible by the best of them. (laughs) And, and here's what I came away with. Mm -hmm. The core traditional religions were a way of having people comply and fit in. Mm. It was a way of control. Mm. And I believe it was necessary at the time. And I believe that we are in another evolution of consciousness Mm. where we look and we say, you know, at the time they did the best that they could. Yeah. These religious fathers, church fathers got it in their time. It was an evolution. And now we get to do the same thing here. Mm. We get to release the punitive ways of looking at the relationship between God and human. We get to say, you know what? I was not born into being a sinner. Mm. I'm the divine human being, the spark of everything. And what am I going to bring to the world? Mm. That's a huge difference from that punitive, very patriarchal way of looking at a relationship with God. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess um, I have had a very similar experience to you. I, I went through Anglican um, upbringing and had the confirmation okay. and christening and all that kind of stuff and uh, mm-hmm. very similar to Catholic. Um, and, yeah, we regularly used to go to church um, because it was something my grandmother really loved to do. And so, um, yeah, now that I'm older and I look back at it, um, that religion wasn't very holistic, like those beliefs um, mm-hmm. are somewhat singular and they're, they're not very inclusive. Um, right. So for me, yeah, I I think religion is what you make it, really. What, what you believe in is what matters to you. So, um, yeah, very similar experience there. But so working with the people that you work with now um, – What kind of changes have you made for people? What kind of impacts? I think the greatest one is allowing people to know that they are right Mm. without making others wrong. 
Yeah. Um, and so I think my gift is allowing people from either side of the aisle to be heard, to be seen, and also to take away the stigma of um, right and wrong. Mm. So whether it's, let's say, um, a tradition, you know, a, a traditional religion versus new thought. Sometimes when people are in new thought, they have this perception that they're like enlightened consciousness and those folks over there are clueless and it's, and that's not true. Yeah. You know, so it's about, it's about taking the labels off and just allowing the individual to shine through. Mm. And that happens on an organizational level as well. I mean, I've worked with churches and with directors, and often there is this animosity of us versus them. Yeah. So for me, no matter whether it's an organization, a, a religious a construct, individuals, relationships, my approach is from a sense of wholeness. Mm of is it possible that given these circumstances you would you could understand why they would think that way mm. you know and and in that that's there's an allowing and there's there's just this grace mm. of letting people just be um so for me that's that's a passion of mine because once we're able to um release the gay straight the black white mm. the you know right wrong the republican the liberal the whatever it is yeah these are all labels and constructs man-made constructs mm. that we've been indoctrinated into and that we've bought into and they're not real mm -hmm. can i say that they are not real the, rea the realness, the reality is that each of us is the spark of the divine. Mm. End of story. I love that. So if I, if I relate to you as a spark of the divine, how am I going to treat you? I'm going to treat you like you are worthy, like you are worthwhile. I'm going to accept you. I'm going to invite you in. That is truth. Yeah, that's just juicy to me. Yeah, that's that's absolutely beautiful. I love that. And it's so true. Like the the freedom that you get and the peace that you get when you let go of the judgment and the labels and all of that. And everybody just comes together as one. Yes. That that is just absolutely beautiful. It is. Mm. And there's this fear around and I'm not sure what this is that there isn't enough for everyone oh, that yeah. if we see each other in oneness in the same honoring each other that somehow there's going to be this famine or flood or you know the locusts mm. are going to descend <laughs> and there's not going to be enough for everyone yeah well we're seeing that now with all the panic buying in in the supermarkets and things like that it's just there is enough stop panicking you're yes. gonna be fine <laughs> yeah Oh. Correct. And so what you're looking at is self-fulfilling manifestations. Mm. So if I believe that there's lack, my behavior is going to be a hoarder, Absolutely. getting what's mine, and I'm going to create the lack. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's one of the really wonderful principles that when I look at this, the spiritual content 
and the practical spiritual content is about realizing that what we think of, what we hold as our beliefs is what we create, the world that we create around us. Absolutely. Yeah. So if I'm a judgmental diva, <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm going to be surrounded by all these people that need to be judged. And guess what they're going to do? They'll be judging me right back. Mm. And so that's what I, I mean by it, just a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Here. Yep. Yep. And I've experienced um, that in the last couple of years, I've done a lot of healing um, with a sound healer and we've gone through all of these things that you're talking about. And, um, you know, there'd be certain things we'd focus on. And one of those was anxiety and lack and things like that. And once I got rid of that, all the abundance came into my life. Like everything I could ever want, all the people I needed to meet, you know, I just had to change my beliefs and my mindset Yes. in what the universe was bringing me. Yes. And you can, you can make it happen. Yes, Absolutely. We can. Mm. And, but there's this fear that, well, if I don't follow this, this formula, this line of what I was taught that I'm not going to be successful. Yeah. And that's a myth. That's mm. a false belief mm. that we have the power to change and to shift. Absolutely. And in that, sorry, and in that changing and shifting, we then get to create systems that would be supportive, mm. that would help us each to thrive, as opposed to the systems that we have in place right now, which are quite patriarchal and from a, a level of punishment. Mm, yeah. As opposed to support. Yeah, so true. Um, so what's been your biggest challenge in the work that you do and how have you overcome it? I think a couple of things. One is that I had to shift the belief that I am a pulpit minister, mm. meaning when I say pulpit minister is that I would have my own church and my own flock and that would be my focus. I like that and I also think that it can be limiting if what I really want to do is impact people on so many different levels in society. So if I'm just a pulpit minister, I'm going to only see the folks that are within my paradigm, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, but if I release pulpit ministry, then I get an opportunity to be in the world as a spiritual human being. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting challenge. Um, and when I started to hear that that's going to be the, sh the next shift for me, I really was like, no, no, I'm a pulpit minister. No, I just finished all of this education. <laughs> I'm going to be a pulpit minister. <laughs> and the more that I pushed against that, um, I just felt I was locked into this level of anxiety around it. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until I started to breathe and go, well, what else could there be? Mm. Could there be other possibilities that then the creativity and door started to open again, you know? Mm. And so what I found out is that I really enjoy writing and I've written a book and I'm working on something now as well. And wow, like how many more people could that reach? Mm. How many more people could that touch? Um, so I just feel like I'm on the cusp of this exponential launch and it's exciting and it's also scary because I don't know well there isn't a pathway yet yeah that I can see um so <laughs> it's it's a good overcoming and we're still in process 
That's amazing. I can't wait to see what uh, what happens for you. <laughs> Thank you, Vinci. Um, now, I ask everyone this question and it'd be interesting to see um, your insights on it. Um, can you define what being ethical means to you? Ethical means that I walk my talk. Mm. Mm. So if I'm saying that it's this, what I believe is that we are all divine human beings, then that means my behavior and the way that I approach people have to reflect that. Mm. So that means that when I am approaching someone, that I'm seeing them from their goodness Mm. and breathing into that, regardless of what sometimes their outward behaviors (laughs) may display. Um, so that's always the challenge. And it's for me, ethics is understanding that everything I touch, I say, I do has a ripple effect mm. to all those around me. Mm. And to have that awareness of how is this impacting my brother? How is this impacting my neighbor? Right. Mm, yeah. And moving on out to city, to state, to country to the world mm. um it to me there's this level of mindfulness that is required to walk an ethical line mm, absolutely and it's sometimes it's challenging sometimes i feel like the biggest nerd on the planet <laughs> you know because i'm checking in i'm checking in on my what thought i'm holding about a, a person an organization a politician Um, And is that how I want to walk in the world? Because what does that do to me physically, emotionally, spiritually? Mm -hmm. You know, that's all really governed by how I'm, what thoughts I'm holding, what beliefs I'm holding. So all of that is part of my, my work to do as an ethical person, right? Mm -hmm. Stepping out into the world. And it feels sometimes like I don't want to be like mindful. I just want to go out and just be goofy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that, that is okay as well. Yeah. But it's, it's, where am I mostly, you know, where am I focused most of, of the time that I show up in the world? Mm. And I really try to be mindful and self-aware and aware of others. Yeah, well, it's really just being conscious, isn't it? Um, yes, yeah. my friend. <laughs> um, and yeah. it's interesting that um, you mentioned those ripples. Um, I had a bit of a revelation last weekend and um, I did a Facebook Live on it and um, it, it all really is around this pandemic stuff at the moment. So anything I do today can change your tomorrow and vice versa. Yeah. So yes. those ripples are global. They are. So... We can see that through this pandemic by one person's actions can affect the many. Correct. And that is mind blowing. It is mind blowing. (laughs) And it's, and the thing is, it's always been there. We just have now a visual representation of what that means. Yep. Yep. And that's where the power is. Mm. Um, I know quite a number of people are afraid of the pandemic. And I look at this as a time of, we get to really be, mm. get off the hamster wheel. Yep. We get to sit and really be with what is and look at what matters to us, what's important, 
and how we affect other people. Mm. You know, one of the um, the areas in the Northwest here got infected because um, a lawyer was in China, came back, and it just created this massive, mm. you know, epicenter. Mm. One person. Yeah. One person's action. That's and, it. And, and there's a lot of power in that because I, I do believe how we operate in the world is not just only how it impacts me, but how it impacts you. Mm. And even from an environmental sense, um, more oh so, um, you know, like the earth, earth has one big set of lungs and we have been, um, you know, terrorising that for years. Right now it's actually getting a break and just by all of us making small change, that collective change becomes one. Correct. So, yes. yeah, this, and I think, you know, right now, this is something we need to take out of this, this moment in time is that, you know, to think about everything that we do and how that ripples and affects other people around the world. Yeah. Um, so what are your future plans? I know you were saying that you've got some, some big things in the pipeline, but you, you haven't quite got a plan on them yet, but um, you, you, you've got your book um, and yes. are you working on another one? I am working on another one. Mm. The one that's out right now is called Turning Your Why into Why Not. Mm. And it's about how do we navigate this planet with each other? Um, and how do we look at our beliefs? Some practical tools and resources on how to shift, mm -hmm. um, how to transform our, our prior beliefs, how to be kind to ourselves in that process. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Marketing is so not my strong point, and I'm realizing <laughs> <laughs> what an entity that is. Yeah. Um, and the one that I'm currently working on is uh, entitled Ditch the Princess. Mm. And it's really looking at the empowerment of women from a place of where we are, where we've been, um, the society that we reside in, mm -hmm. which is patriarchal. Um, and how do we embrace getting older, mm. you know, instead of making ourselves insane with uh, size, weight, mm. uh, tall enough, short enough? Um, what what are we going to do with our hair? What are we going to do with our makeup? You know, all of these things that we think that we're doing to stay young and attractive. And we lose out on all the wisdom mm. that is it, that women have as yeah. we age as we shift from being the princess into being the queen, being this wise, benevolent woman that just assists, mentors, and lifts up others. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Um, and so we'll see. Well, I'm going to have to grab the, your book because it sounds amazing. Um, Thank you. Um, so how can uh, people um, find you? And, and your stuff. My stuff. <laughs> they could find me at uh, preachitsister.com. Mm -hmm. And that's my website. I also have a Facebook page underneath that, that uh, title as well, Preach It Sister. That's the easiest way to get me or info at Preach It Sister if you want to email me. Um, I'm also in the process of looking at um, creating a group where we're willing to have those vulnerable dialogues, mm. those 
vulnerable conversations. And one of the things that I want to start off with is looking at fear. Mm. Being able to just name our fears in the first place is very powerful. Yeah. Um, because we've been conditioned to be fearless, which is wonderful. But what do you do when you're afraid? Mm. Um, and so for me, I want to have a place where people can share what their fears are and then look at, do they want to hold on to that fear or would they like to create a new belief around that, yeah. which will help them to release the fear. That's so powerful. So, mm. Thank you. That's the that's what I'm working on. So hopefully I'll have uh, some more information on that in the next week or two. Oh, that's great. I'd, I'd love to be a part of that. Um, so here's the big question for you, Cherie. Uh-oh, a big one. It's a big one. What's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? I would like to see a revolution in the systems that are in place today. I would like to see the end of the prison system. I would like to see the end of the educational systems that are not working for everyone. I would like to see the end of our financial systems that are not based on equality. Mm. So all those types of systems that are that have been created by white males who have been in power, who were rich. I'm glad that they created them. They were necessary. And now it's time for an evolution. Mm. And I believe that evolution doesn't have to come with violence. I believe it can come with an awakening of consciousness. And the more of us that awaken, the easier it's going to be to construct these new systems that level the playing field, that sees each individual as worthy, as wondrous, as as belonging to mm. planet Earth, yeah, part of the human race. And therefore, how do we create this amazing world where everyone matters? Oh, God, I love that. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my dream. <laughs> Very simple. <laughs> oh, just just a little one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Sheree, it has been absolutely beautiful connecting with you this morning. Um, thank you so much for being a part of the ethical evolution. I love it. I love that you've created this. I am really interested in your your process as well. How did you get here? How did this evolve? Do you mind taking a few minutes to just share a little bit? Yeah, sure. So um, it's actually kind of interesting in that um, it it pretty much came to me as a vision um, after a meditation. So um, I basically um, could see um, a commercial premises that – so it was basically the Ethical Change Agency and, and what it was was a place where um, – ethical business owners and um, holistic healers and change makers and those kind of people could come and create, um, you know, meaningful content, um, whether it be video or audio or whatever it might be, meditations, anything, um, or if they wanted to do holistic practice of any kind in healing, they, there would be spaces there for them to do that. And the idea is that it would be global, like a franchise. No matter where those people were, they could check in, do their thing, and then go about the magic that they do every day. 
Nice. And then um, I started to get more, I, I get these messages. So um, the the next part of it was okay. Um, there's and I could see there was this change that was happening. You know, in the way that people um, make their decisions and spend their money and work and and all of these kind of things. And then I just went, you know what? I need to bring all these people together so that we can have this collective change and share the conversation and become one. And the more people I speak to, I can see there is an actual ethical evolution happening. And what I'm starting to do is people all over the world is I'm connecting them together because they're on the same mission. So we're bringing that collective change together for real. Oh, that's awesome, awesome, awesome. Awesome. I need to be part of the evolution. (laughs) (laughs) She's in. Preach it, sister. I'm in. Absolutely. It was when I saw it, I just was so drawn to it. Um, and what you what you had written there, and I was like, this looks like my tribe. Yeah. Is that possible? Yeah, yeah. So really excited, Bindi. Yeah. Really excited. And I can tell when people are my tribe because once they, they get on this podcast, the connection that we've got from the opposite sides of the world, you, you could it's absolutely electric. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's you feel the the sparkle, yes. for lack of a better world, <laughs> and there's that energy that you know when you come together, it just magnifies. Yeah, that's the feeling, and yeah. that you don't get that all the time, Bindi. So no. what you're creating is wonderful. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you for being a part of it, and um, absolutely, let's stay in touch and and see if Please. we can do more. I would love that. Thanks so much, Cherie. Thank you. Bye, Bindi. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution Podcast. If you're an ethical business owner, change maker or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world and you need support to spread your message, visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wannabet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wannabet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid.